Welcome to Strength Hammer, episode, I don't know, I'm your host, Chuck Moore. Uh, I'm Neil Araka, the prepared one, <laughs> episode 48. Uh, I didn't have to look it up, I just always know it. Uh, I'm wow. just so sexy like that. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody. Uh, real quick, to get this out of the way, uh, I am trying a new PC setup right now. I have been playing with audio settings for the past hour and ten minutes. And then I tested it with Neil for about five minutes. <laughs> so I think it's okay. Uh, if anything comes through that I miss, just uh, leave it in the comments below if you're listening on YouTube and say, hey, background noise, or just you know, give me a heads up. Or if it sounds good, and like it always has, which is a low bar, just don't say anything. Right. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Or just say hi. Or just say hi. Or, yeah. say, or say goodbye. Say something. Yeah, we're looking for comments down there. Shout out to your favorite uh, content creator on YouTube. It could be 2 Plus Tough, Warhammer Weekly, Coach, it was Coach, Honest Wargamer. Um, it could be that new West Hammer who like, really took off out of nowhere. Um, Luten. What is it? No, did I, have I been missing something? I, I should be listening. Honestly, I did too. Oh, oh, oh but let's shout out the painting phase because they, they're one of my favorites right now. Um, yeah, there's a new, uh, I don't want to say new, like it's only been like a couple months, but his name's Wes Hammer, W-E-S Hammer. He does lore videos. I think they're mostly 40K focused. Apparently, and I I, did, I heard about him by listening to an a interview on the painting phase today. His, he's the biggest subscriber count, I think, in Warhammer type stuff, like 587,000. He's only been on YouTube for like six months. He started on TikTok or Instagram, one of those. Wow. Yeah, and and it's, you know, it just it's just the style, and people seem to gravitate towards it. Plus, he he leads into all the algorithms. You see his thumbnails. It's the it's the oh face of like oh, I'm excited or oh I can't believe this or like hot you know maybe like hot take clickbait stuff that the algorithm likes and people will click on. But oh, I watched a few. You know, he's he's good. Like I said, it's he's just leaning into the algorithm because he wants to be successful, and you have to do that. But nice. Um, yeah, actually, we've been getting a, a slow steady uh uh additional subscribers on youtube so thank you very much uh happy to have new listeners uh as far as listeners on just the podcast end specifically i honestly don't know what i'm looking at on those numbers so if you're new thank you <laughs> i can't tell though because i don't understand how the graphs work on that one but that's that's fine i'm here because i like talking to my good friend neil yes um and if anyone else enjoys this great i'm not here to make money i make money elsewhere That'll make it. Well, I guess I'd make it in Warhammer. Yep. But officially, not through this. Yeah. Sorry. Whenever, uh, whenever you ask me if I'm uh, going to do this podcast on whatever week, I always say uh, I can talk Warhammer. Yeah. Which well, is what I like to do. Except for last week, because neither one of us had a single idea of what to talk about. 
yeah, I didn't want to just throw something out here for the masses without some of that really beefy content that we usually give you every week. So. Well, no, I mean, I mean, the jokes aside, I, I, I think that is kind of more our style. Like, I, I get some people have records are always out nonstop, no matter what. But I remember doing that with my blog back in the day, which I have a blogger by strengthhammer.net, which I do keep weekly, but it's more of just like a hobby. If you listen to this, you're going to get most of the updates that you'll see on that blog. Mm-hmm. Um, just less pictures, obviously. But you know, I was just, I reached a point where I was just writing stuff to write stuff and yeah. I realized I didn't like it. So, you know, if we ever miss a week, uh, I mean, you can check out, you know, my Twitter. Uh, I'll probably post uh, if there's a reason why we're missing, like one of us is traveling or something. But if you ever see nothing and we just don't post, it means we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't want to just fill your ear holes with, with hot garbage. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to type, talk about nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I could talk about 3D printing, you know, and uh, I don't know when you want to hear that. So you could, well, I mean, last week, if you really, I mean, if you guys wanted to tune in and listen to me talk about Street Fighter Six, I could do that nonstop. But I don't know. I mean, I post that stuff a little bit on my on my socials, but I'm not sure people want to hear me talk about it on a on a Warhammer podcast that also touches fitness. <laughs> well, I go back to Street Fighter Two, which is uh, probably the the best fighting game of all time. It is. It, it is a classic. Now I'm see. He, he, you know, I mean, let's screw it. Street Fighter talk. Um, talk in everybody. <laughs> Neil, I, I think we might have done this before, but who is your, who's your mate? Like, if you if you had to pick up Street Fighter Two or any Street Fighter, like who are you going? I need this guy or gal to be. There. I've been a I've been a Ken Ryu guy, leaning towards Ken. Um, okay. Since the start, yeah. We know Ken now. Uh, he has a broken marriage and he's homeless and he's a bum in Street Fighter Six. Is he really? Absolutely, it's hilarious. Well, maybe that's maybe that's the future for this guy over here. Who knows? <laughs> uh, I've it, it's odd because I mean I obviously I did play Street Fighter two, but it wasn't until uh, which I forget which version of two came out. But Cammy, I've always been a Cammy main. Um, hmm. Now through this beta, she had the, uh, the bare thighs, yeah. big thighs, big butt. Oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> if you've seen the Street Fighter six um, intro for her that just came out, like she's got this. They knew what they were doing. There's there's thirsty people out in the Street Fighter community, and Capcom is like, we're going to increase sales 600% by just having her stick her butt out for two seconds, and it works. There you go. Um, Yeah, you'll probably hear more about that as that comes out, but actually, it, it's a kind of a little side, last little bit of a side, and we'll, we'll move off of it, everybody. I know, I know. Too much Street Fighter talk in this Warhammer podcast. Um, I've been actually enjoying getting back more into like video games, because I haven't had a need to hobby too much, personally. And, and like we'll probably talk about that during the hobby time, but I'm actually thinking about picking up a like a high end fight stick to start practicing for Street Fighter Six, and I'm thinking like really diving in, like maybe go actually going to tournaments for Ooh. fighting games, and just you know like if they're if they're close by, we're uh, well we'll see. But like I'm I got the itch for that because I've it's weird because like in in Warhammer like my my competitive edge. Hims and Haas. Sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but with like fighting games, you there's no narrative fight like single player, I guess. That's your narrative fighting game. But like when I play fighting games, I wanna I wanna be better than the person that, that I'm playing, you know? So mm-hmm. the competitive urge has like awoken in that and I kinda wanna cultivate it. Because maybe if yeah. it comes back up, I can start trying to push in Warhammer a little more instead of thinking I have a competitive list and going to an event and going one and four. 
<laughs> which <laughs> check out last week's podcast or two weeks ago's podcast 47 yeah. but i that was, that was a small rabbit hole let's get back on to our normal focus so let's start with the fitness check in neil mm-hmm. i'm gonna pass it to you how's your fitness been it's it's actually um so we're, we're sticking with the body weight stuff um but um recently now you have to be a certain age to even say something like this but uh i i got uh, a different life insurance policy they had to come out they had to draw blood and i am happy to report i'm all in the green baby i'm looking good nice so, uh, nothing out of whack whatsoever we're all in the normal values so okay. uh, <laughs> n- none of that sugar diabetes um uh, none of that stuff so um even the cholesterol was well within range so i did not expect that <laughs> now that doesn't mean you can go and eat and drink like an asshole that's hilarious because I turned, I looked at my wife, I was just like, let's go, Sour Patch Kids, come on. <laughs> you know, it's just, if things are good, that's great. What are you doing to maintain it, Neil? Yeah. <laughs> come on. All right. Okay. Well, uh, when we do, uh, Depta won't here in a few weeks, uh, as long as it's not. No, even if it's snowing, we're going to go run a mile together. Oh, God. Mm. Round your cul de sac. I mean, I I'm not done any cardio. <laughs> I, listen, my cardio is like over 10 reps in like a movement. So my. I'm not sure. Every once in a while, I just get on a treadmill and I just run a mile for fun. It's usually whenever I'm waiting at the gym to lift with Alex, Fit Hammer, and uh, he's like, hey, I'm running 15 minutes late. I'm like, well, I can get a mile in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But, okay. Uh, my fitness, uh, my back's all better. And I am now back to the program. And let me tell you, this bodybuilding program is, it hurts, but it's feeling good. And like, like I'm feeling big, like you know, like just like big. Like after a workout, I feel so pumped. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, I saw some of those pictures you were putting up there. You look like a beast. Heck yeah! Well, those are like right after, so it's like like all the blood's in, and just like boom, and obviously you're flexing. It's 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 great. I can see why bodybuilders like fall in love with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because like yeah, just seeing yourself be big and strong is just it just feels good. It's if you're if you're out there and you're doing a sort of fitness you know do some bodybuilding stuff because it's fun it's it's good for you um yeah and you get to the, like your pictures look good after the gym <laughs> but uh okay let's uh a short little fitness i said because i'm glad to be well again but let's get on with mm-hmm. the hobby talk and i have a feeling this will probably blend into our main topic of the day uh when we get there but neil please start what's your hobby been lately i, I know you're you're 3d printers be going burr oh yeah it's been uh, it's been on fire so i just finished uh i mean depending on how you build it 2500 points or or more of uh a, a 3d printed empire army for warhammer fantasy yep. uh, for coal of the sea of uh, big m's power hour fame um on top of that i've been kind of putting my fantasy army a little bit more together i just uh today i based my uh griffin from the island of blood that i have half painted nice. and uh, we're going to take that to a little event uh two days from now on saturday just two games of warhammer fantasy just prepping for uh, uh the gentleman uh, ben lanigan who won who runs the uh, adepticon um warhammer fantasy event is doing a little trial event down at the shop that's close uh, at hand so um, we're lucky to have him around here. Uh, there'll probably be, you know, I'd say six, maybe seven people um, that'll be playing just a couple games. So it'll be interesting. Hope to get to play somebody new. Even if I play Cole, I mean, technically he's never played that Empire Army before. So um, that'll be new. 
for him. So uh, looking forward to that. And then I recently got in a couple games since the last time we talked. Oh, um, really? I played my corn army. I've been after Adepticon. I was writing lists and was trying to put stuff together, whatever, you know, out of the stuff I had. And I uh, played a game of corn against Nurgle and uh, against my friend Carl. Um, Carl is a casual player, not by, by no means a, uh, a heavy duty competitive player. And uh, I eked out a win okay. over him. Nice. Congrats. And um, then recently. Um, now, if you do recall, uh, as of Brewhammer, Strength Hammer is 1-0 and against Big M's Power Hour. We won't go back in the history, because if I did, then we'd have to go through all the times I've eaten Matt, and then it would be very skewed. But we're going to stick with Brewhammer, and we're going to say 1-0. and And so uh, there, was, uh, there was a statement made by Mr. Cole of the Sea that uh, if I'd have played him, we uh, we would be one and one at this point, oh. and uh, so I got to have a game in against Cole of the Sea and his Idenath Deepkin. Yes, yes. And, uh, with my Nurgle, and turns out that the grandfather was giving out his blessings that day, and Cole <laughs> fell. The Deepkin fell to the the forces of Nurgle. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Now, it, to be fair, and I should be fair on this this podcast, we were playing kind of a learning game. Cole, as opposed to Carl is a good competitive player and uh i would like to be a better competitive player so we did discuss we were having kind of like teaching moments and stuff through the game kind Mm -hmm. of you know i would do something he would kind of question he's like so so why did you do that here i was like well this is why i did this and whatever and you know we discussed deployment which is a big weak area of of my game is is just knowing what to do and what i'm seeing and why i'm putting things where i am during deployment so we talked a lot about that and then uh, as the game progressed there, I just uh, wound up coming out on top. He was trying to cast a Purple Sun for five turns, and for five turns that Purple Sun did not come. And really not <laughs> because of uh, me doing anything. He just kept failing to cast it, even with rerolls. Hey, so, hey uh, whenever I'm playing my daughter's cane and have zero dispel ability... Now, granted, I always have some dispel ability with heroic actions, but I forget to use them. Uh, if my opponent fails to cast, I look them dead in the eye and said. That's because of me. I dispelled those. And they always go, yeah, you did. Good job. Yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> Good for you. But that's been my <laughs> hobby. So I've got a couple games in, um, 3D printing stuff, building stuff from the 3D printer. Uh, i got to say, I'm really, really happy with how Cole's army came out. I actually mm-hmm. hope I do get to play him because I want to see, you know, I've kind of given him bags of uncompleted models. <laughs> over the last two weeks yeah. and so i'd love to see it actually built and what it's going to look like on the tabletop will be kind of neat to see yeah it's it's been incredible because every single person i've ever known with 3d printers of any type have always had like this nightmare experience getting going and you just have this charm you just like plugged it in said oh i put the i put the vat in here i put this the usb thing in and i hit this button and i got i got army you yeah. have this magic touch with it and it's wonderful to see and, 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 and in anything I'm successful in, uh, it's because I'm an idiot savant. Really, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's 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 just just dumb luck. You stumbled into the right thing to do, and you're never going to change, and that's perfect. That's exactly it. I, I'm I'm thinking because uh, there's uh, some additions I'd like to have to my fantasy dwarf army. Mm-hmm. So after you get some of your own use, because I know you're also working on a, a wood elf army for Dave next um after you get some uh, your own use of it i might be uh sending you some stls of uh, some dwarfs 
to yeah well to, i found that know. um i found that blood elf from uh, warcraft you were interested in that one too i, believe, I was interested in that one that'd be like I, I wanted to be a little bit you said you can print that one a little bigger like i want to paint it almost like bust style yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah mm -hmm. i've been actually it's so I've had the urge to maybe paint a bust again. I, I haven't done one in a while, but they're fun and they're different. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll see. But then that sounds like a nice, nice little bit of hobby, uh, hobby progress going on right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, let's see. I'll start with my games. Uh, we had a club day recently, so I got a little game in of War Cry, which was nice. I had a couple games of uh, Warhammer Fantasy Battles, um, with my dwarf army against a ogre gut star list back in the day. Uh, first one, I didn't take the time to actually read my book. I wasn't fluent on the runes, so I thought I put the right stuff on. I deployed like a complete idiot. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and you know, that, that happens. Lost that game miserably. Uh, and then this last game, lessons learned, fixed things up, and had a really good game. I still took the loss in the end, but there was only four models left on the table, two of mine and two of his. Uh, granted, his two were major characters mine was a uh a, a battlestander bear and one lone dwarf with a cannon <laughs> and <laughs> and unfortunately he touched a cannon before i was able to uh shoot off one of the ogres but uh still you know that, that that's a really tough list and to have taken off that much of it in, in the turns we played felt really good so mm -hmm. and i've been on a just generally just a dwarf vacation lately i realized yeah, because I'm playing lots of dwarves and fantasy. I'm I'm looking at uh, updating that list, adding more things to it. As I just said, uh, I mean I'm gonna buy what I can through GW, but like things that I can't find, like the a nice battle standard bear, like that sort of stuff I want from from you. Maybe like a flame cannon, because I'm not paying sure. eBay prices. Oh my gosh. Sure. Um, yeah, eBay prices are out of control right now. Yeah, it's like some are okay, but I'm just still it's like I uh, no. I saw um, somebody posted that they, like, you always see this on Reddit. Somebody will post, hey, found these things in my uh, closet from when I was a kid. And it's like a full, like, elf army from Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. Fifth edition. And you're like, how? I, w I need to go look in my closets and find some <laughs> of this stuff magically. Because he's got this dragon in there. And it's one of the, like, the old S dragons with the oversized head yep. for the wood elves, you know, yep. the real skinny body. Whatever, before they put the two... Um, the twins on the on the dragon. Yep. And that thing I think goes for like two hundred bucks. I think the guy just finds it randomly in his closet. I know it's like, like God, oh my God. I I always <laughs> like tell people it's like don't have a backlog. Backlogs are stupid, but that's the benefit of having a backlog so big you don't know what to do with it. But yeah. Anyway, um, but outside of that, so I have fire slayers on my hobby desk. KO's coming out uh, this weekend, mm -hmm. or, or pre-ordering this weekend, so I'm going to buy that new CodeWrite model because he looks sick. Um, yeah, yeah. Pick I was going to ask if you had uh, any any want to expand your carriage on army at all with this uh, new book. Possibly, well, I, possibly, because I kind of am with, with what, I, what I'm doing here. So I'm buying by that CodeWrite, even though he's not in the list I wrote, um, mm -hmm. with the, uh, uh, the book already leaked out, so I kind of looked at the points. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh the reviews will be up shortly after this like the day after this podcast goes out so they'll, they'll be out there yeah um yeah the uh uh i was say buying the, the ko book um and then that norgrim's uh rune throng that new regiment of renown that's the depossessed yeah that's so perfect for ko in my mind there's two mm -hmm. armies it's great for ko and daughters of Cain. 
because those are two armies that want to run forward, usually don't have a nice anvil piece, and that Norgrim's Rune Throng is a really nice anvil piece for 340 points. A little bit easier to fit that points inside KO as opposed to Dock, but so what I'm doing is I'm buying one of those Regiments of Renown, and mm-hmm. I'm going to paint it to match my uh, KO, which also matches my Fire Slayer, so like I'll switch Gotrek and that between the two just for fun, because it's all going to oh. look, look the same. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I realized with my Cities of Sigmar, which is painted to look like my daughter's a cane because it's Anvil Guard, Fallen type stuff, um, I already have a, a Rune Lord and some Longbeards in that army. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to pick up the Iron Drakes to add to my Cities army. That way, if I ever want to actually use that that Regiment of Renown and my daughter's a cane, I have it painted up and based to match that immediately if I want to try it. Mm. So. I mean, and it's just like, it's like, it kind of just worked out. I'm like, oh yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, eventually I do have to actually paint this Fire Slayer army, but I actually had one more game uh, that's going to lead into more of my hobby. And that was, I got to play the world's biggest boarding action game ever. World record. No yeah. one can beat it. Go check out my, my Twitter, my Instagram at strengthhammer underscore. You'll see the post. Uh, yeah, the stuff that's happening at that barn lately. <laughs> man, uh, yeah, the barn owl crew. Uh, epic stuff. Stuff of legends, really. It is, it is, and you know, people need to come out more, but they're, you know, they don't always want to come out. They, you know, Dave is a good friend. He likes to come out. Um, oh boy. Uh, I wouldn't say many go. others are willing to put out the, the drive to, uh, to help. <laughs> uh, but eight boxes of boarding action train on uh, 12, 12 by eight table. Um, and it was, yeah, it was exactly what you expect. Like six turns of moving together, and then we actually fought. Uh, but we just wanted to do it to do it. Because the Barn Owls, we all painted up uh, the train that I had sent to me for the U.S. Open events. So that has been a big prog- process. Um, obviously, this stuff, it's just walls, so it's dry brushing and priming, and I got to choose the... Uh, the paint style for it, essentially. Like, I had to match something, but like within my own taste so it's going very quickly it that that kit builds very easily especially when you have five guys helping you out which is good because i have 10 more boxes now sitting upstairs that i have to prime tomorrow because this saturday i'll be doing it again with them <laughs> that's it though that's it for the year I, I, i'm tapped i'm i'm tapping out i'm not i'm not doing any more terrain the rest of this year that's so funny yeah I feel like you've done all the terrain for everybody everywhere at this point no other people are helping i just usually take on more because my situation allows me to do so plus mm-hmm. as we're going to get into in the main topic i've done it a lot so i've i'm good at having a system in place i'm capable of doing it this is the first time where i've actually said you know what people are willing to help me uh, most people are willing to help me not not yeah. not a select few <laughs> mm. <laughs> um mm. so i took that guilt trip, help. Guilt trips on pretty hard over here yeah, just is... a little bit just a little bit but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took up the offer and it's going very smooth. So, uh, yeah, that's fun. But yeah, uh, dancing around a little bit. But the main topic of, of tonight, painting, building, and getting terrain ready for an event. Now, there's going to be kind of two sides to this coin. Uh, maybe th- three sides to this coin. Sure, That works, right? Sure. Okay. Because there's a stand- technically three sides as, it, as they are uh, 3D objects. That's true. You landed on the side. Okay, so three sides. So there's the typical side where you're building it for a normal event, competitive tables, six to eight pieces per table. 
and you're doing maybe six tables. Then there's the next level up, which uh, you've definitely done more of, which is narrative type tables. A lot more care, maybe not necessarily balance for the game, but maybe there's a little balance you, you thought into it, but you're telling a story with the table to a point. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side, which is what I tend to keep doing, which is painting uh, eight, 18,000 tables worth of terrain <laughs> in a very short amount of time. So tonight we just kind of wanted to, I guess, talk a little bit about the process, how we handle that stuff, best practices. And I think the best starting place for this too, Neil, would be just like a typical event. So you're building just basic basic sets of terrain. Maybe you're buying a Thondia strong box. You're going to paint it up. That's a table, mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. So yeah, I think, um, I think you know, when I was getting started and running small events, you know, like 12 man events and everything. Um, you know, I, I was doing them at local shops. And so lo- the local shop had a good amount of terrain, but not enough to, to even run like six tables worth of terrain. So um, generally what I was doing was just buying um, terrain with, with entry fee money. Um, so it's a good way to go about getting started. Just get a box or two um together you know you can do i know i know a lot of places will do like fish tank scenery and stuff and that's all well and good yeah. uh for a little while you know but eventually you want to move that kind of stuff out of there um for better you know actual appropriate terrain so um but yeah it's a good place to start a couple boxes and just uh build them up and get them out there so yeah. you want to talk more about um uh, you know how you how you go about the painting process, or where do you want to well, go from here? I, I, I want to talk a little bit more. Like we, you can even go simpler at this level. Like if you're doing a small event, or like even building it for a club, don't be afraid. I mean, yeah, the fish tank style terrain, perfectly fine. Like terrain, mm-hmm. terrain that will work and service you very well for many years. Yeah. Don't be afraid to you know get um, crafty and start making yourself out of popsicle sticks, foam board, you know, whatever maybe medium you might be capable with. It it doesn't. You know, if you're just starting out because you're starting a new club or it's a first event, it's going to be some local people that you know. You know, no one's going to be, oh, we need the best terrain ever. We need this, you know, we need the, you have all GW terrain painted up to heavy metal style. Like, no. Anything can service to to get you started. Um, So don't be afraid to start on on any level. because maybe you have four buildings that you build out of foam board, but you have like that one cool GW piece in the middle of that table, and that like really sets the table. And then, you know, as you said, like you run events and stuff, you just kind of use funds you can to replace it uh, and, and go from there. And I think what you said too, you can, you can do wonders with with you said foam block, um, some flock, and some paint. I mean, you really can yeah. put out some pretty good looking you know, rocks and, 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 you know, elevated hills and stuff like that, just with that kind of stuff. If you want to even get a little bit fancier, you go down to your local Hobby Lobby or uh, Michael's, you get some plaster cloth. All you have to do is get that stuff wet. You just drape it over some newspaper and now you've got these giant rocks and stuff and you can build hills and mountains and everything else out of that stuff with a little bit of paint and uh, away you go. Yeah, no, no, for... Or, I mean, and Neil, you'd know now. Uh, also, don't be afraid, anybody, to look at 3D printing. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you, if you're starting a new club or a new event, the I forget what the... I, I know there's a resin 3D printer. I forget what the other one's called. 
Uh, it's called a filament, and that would be the type of 3D printer. If if anybody's interested in getting one to build terrain, that would be the one that I would recommend for terrain-style projects. Or even, I mean, it's going to be the terrain that gets printed that you can maybe buy off other people, like an Etsy or something. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm jealous because if you're just starting out now, that stuff is actually fairly cheap and fairly inexpensive to get going. Like, you can pull money and, and get it together very nicely as opposed to, what mm-hmm. you know you and i grew up on Neil. <laughs> yeah 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 get inventive right. i mean i go back to the point where you're just using books as hills so you know yeah but it's it's been done when you're a kid and you have no disposable income you do what you got to do yeah and you're just thankful to have the seven troops you have from whatever army you have and yeah. even though it's not a full unit you just you just make it up make it up as you go along you got it but uh yeah so let, let's let's take it up so that's like entry level so Neil, let, let's take uh, Battlecross Realms, Bars Events. Mm-hmm. All right. You have 10 tables, 20 people, but you want to have a 32-man event. You're going to add six tables. What's your process going to be? Assume that you have, you know, a decent pool of money from however means you have it. Uh, yeah. Like, what's, what's your tact? How do you go about going, all right, yeah, based upon you have tables, you want to have more tables to buy... And then, and then begin painting them. Like, you know, let's say you have eight months. Mm-hmm. What's your plan? Um, the, the number one thing where I start at is um, if you are lucky enough to have game mats and you're not playing on felt or anything like that, I start with the game mats. Because if I'm, if I'm running a narrative event, I want my terrain to match the table that you're playing on. Well, even from um, a, a competitive event, most competitive events still do that as well now. Mm-hmm. Like they, mm-hmm. there's a there's it, the table looks themed even if it's competitive focused balanced. Absolutely, so. Brewhammer was a was a great example of this, and I know I've seen some stuff at NashCon mm-hmm. that looks amazing. Um, haven't seen any pictures at NashCon lately, but I might imagine it's a, it's it's very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Nova, a couple times I went to Nova, more kind of standard terrain ish, but yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. you can see that stuff in match play. You can, uh, I feel like. For me personally, in my enjoyment of a narrative event, I feel like it has to be there for a narrative event. For narrative, for sure, yeah. yeah, At some level. I think narrative, what I've always tried to do with my tables is to immerse you into the table and, and let that table kind of take you into you know, into your imagination, in, into the realm that you're playing in. So like, I want to go harder um, and start from there and kind of start thinking about, okay, so here's what the mat looks like. This is a jungle mat. All right. So what kind of terrain would be in a jungle? You're not going to put pine trees you know, on that table. You're not going to put pine trees on that table. And if you do, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, if you've based your models with some pine trees on there, you know, that's fine. That's not going anywhere. Right. But, um, and I, uh, you know, I'm working on a Seraphon army right now, a little side note, and, you know, I've, I'm putting palm trees on them, right? Like they're in the jungle, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. to myself, well, if we ever play in the snow, this is going to look uh, kind of stupid. But uh, <laughs> well, it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so yeah, um, you start with the mats, you start to plan out what type of terrain you're going to build. S- things that I've done in the past, too, is I actually, I'll build bases for the terrain. And if you do, and the reason why I've done that at times is because especially if you're playing kind of match play you want to know if you're in the the terrain what's the footprint of that terrain what's the footprint right and so when it's just like you know a basic ruins 
that starts to get a little bit more complicated. You know, do, do you get the um, do you get the extra save? Do you not get the extra save? Are you wholly within the terrain? Are you not? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll sometimes base um, and I'll go anywhere from like a, I think the perfect size is about a six inch diameter for a piece of terrain, unless you're going really big. Um, and then you have to kind of paint the base or flock the base to kind of match the mat that gets a little bit complicated and that's one of the drawbacks of doing a footprint right so now it's something the, to think about what's what level of work you want to put into it right so like looking at my home table right now like i used the foam and i cut it up and crafted almost like if i was doing a display board but i put terrain on it to give footprints and in, in the shape i wanted now at the u.s open uh events we actually use cut out acrylics clear acrylics mm. and now that's also for simplicity's sake and they also do that on the 40k because i think 40k has that struggle on the terrain more so than sigmar yeah. uh yeah. but yeah like the clear acrylics are really nice uh, i think that's they're, they're not really great. cost effective that's the one thing i'll say up front they're not cost effective unless you're buying a bunch and mm-hmm. you need a bunch for that like if you're doing it for a small event i mean I, you'd probably want at least 50 tables <laughs> worth before you you know it becomes cost effective it's a little yeah. weird with that but it, it is an option or uh another very easy option if you can get a good deal on like the game mats mm-hmm. i mean if you bought if you bought like one six by four game mat you could probably cut out the shapes for eight to ten tables i bet for all the terrain mm-hmm. like Absolutely. you're set. so i mean that and that's that's an easy option um uh-huh. it's, it now costs more but it's probably more cost effective than some other ways and it's also quicker and it does look nice yeah 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 absolutely now, that's a great idea never thought of that yeah <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like i'm thinking about doing it for my 40k table at home because mm-hmm. it's more square be easier and like that's more competitive getting off topic here on this um uh let, yeah, let's get back into the uh topic okay so neil you started buying terrain are you buying a table at a time or, or not even buying i guess that doesn't really matter you have the ter- you have the terrain are you painting it a table at a time or are you painting it, you know, like a style I at a personally time? Go, how do you, how do you tackle if I'm, if I'm doing a narrative event and I'm, and I'm theming my tables, I do the an entire table at the same time. I don't jump around. Um, I don't. And, and so it's, it, it kind of stops you from batch painting right. a little bit, which is what you want to do um, with terrain at, most of the time. Um, but if we're talking narrative and we're talking theming, then I will, you know, quote, unquote, batch paint maybe the table, but right. that's it, you know. Um, and like you were saying earlier, even with a narrative feel, if you're pl- if you're doing a lot of tables, I really do feel like you know your base, your base color, your dry brush, and um, maybe you. You know, if you have some wood, obviously do the wood. If you have stone, do the stone one color. And then if you want to throw in some 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 little details, some gold, some something like that for like statues on there or whatever, you know, that's about as far as I go with it. And I really feel like you still get a really good look to the table just out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing you can do if, if you are basing um, the terrain is, is throw in different types of flocks and uh, different types of scenery. You know, if you're on a forest table and you throw a, a, you know, like one of those like woodland scenics trees down next to your terrain, it just helps to right. um, soften up the table quite a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, the woodland scenic stuff, or I guess 
but that's it's just uh, mono trains. Like that stuff's always fun to mix into because it really adds flavor. It is, and it is not cost effective. No, so you got to have some extra not, money yeah. hanging around for that stuff. I mean, that kind of like you touched upon it too, like batch painting. So I've I've done my own tables for the home, um, and you know that's just doing a table time. Like I want a Sigmar table, so I made my Sigmar table. I want a forty k table, and then you know I want a siege table, and then now I want to do a fantasy table, which is taking one of my Sigmar tables and just breaking it down because I don't need four Sigmar tables anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, take a look at a, a, a slightly bigger uh, process from that was uh, this last year. Uh, I wanted to update all the all the Age of Sigmar terrain at the local club, uh, the Ligonier Legion Wargaming. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with that, I went to my uh, FLGS. He gets prize support. Uh, allotment through Games Workshop based on what he buys. I said, well, I'm not going to run any events this year that are going to have prize support. I'm going to run events for the club and I'll just print out like awards and basic stuff because that's less than like two bucks a piece. Mm -hmm. But I want to use that prize support to get terrain. And then the year after that, like this year, we're going to do it for 40k. So he helped out a ton. He, I think he I think he just gave us stuff too. And you know, some of it was um, cool terrain pieces that you can buy from any, you know, just generic gw terrain that he had or picked up through the prize allotment some of it was also you know some faction terrain which is fine now what we did from there is we cut out little hills and raised platforms to put them on to give them footprints now with it being club terrain we weren't hyper focused on being exactly competitive focused as far as the shape and measurement but we kept things pretty much the same and what we did is we did a table at a time you know, we had a bunch of us, so maybe you know, maybe there was split into two groups when we finally did this prod process where you know, we put it all together, primed it, and then we painted it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we're it's like, okay, you're doing all the dirt for this table and you're doing the buildings for this table. And like, you know, you pass it and some someone would dry brush it, someone would wash it and just you know, and we got it all done in a day. Uh, and I think it was six tables. Um, but you know, we had some young kids there, uh with people who were more experience of painting, inexperience of painting. So it was a, you know, it's a plethora, but like, you know, it's a group effort and, you know, painted terrain is always better than unpainted terrain. Absolutely. Uh, which hopefully Matt from Big M Power Hour listens to that phrase because every mm -hmm. time, every time he does the no, no painted terrain. Yeah. And if he says it, he does. No, it's actually a like Dark Souls statue that's pre-painted. That doesn't count, Matt. That doesn't count. No. But then I want to take it to a, another level, uh, Neil, unless you have some input from that. Level. No, no, all sounds good. So the first major terrain project I did was when I was running Nova Open. Uh, so it was the second year. So with Nova, for the GT, uh, they're, they're uh, for the um, narrative, they have their own terrain it's exceptional. It's great. It's a lot of 3D printed stuff, a lot of custom hand-built stuff. So I'm only talking about the GT here. Um, you know, it was a pretty big event and it pretty grew pretty quickly. So we had inherited a lot of terrain, which was old stuff from 40K to get by for a year uh, and two. And um, problem was, it was, a lot of it was like stuff you'd see in a club. And like to me, I'm like, that's good. We can get through a year, but that's not what a, this type of event presents. This is a national level event. It mm -hmm. should act like it, and we should you know do what we can. So, going to the next year, the goal was to replace first the small stuff, all the scatter terrain, which was some of it was okay, it was cool, but like it was definitely more narrative. It wasn't uniform. 
So mm -hmm. through uh, uh, the leadership of Nova, said, hey, I want to upgrade this stuff. And they're like, yeah, we'll go to Games Workshop. We'll see what they can offer. Uh, and they came back, and, and Games Workshop was very generous. Um, came back. Uh, I got 96 pounds of the Azerite Ruins, <laughs> which is like those small little tiny L's, but they're great. You can like make little, you know, you can make squares and have like little footprints. Very simple, very easy. Mm -hmm. So I did all that myself, which was really interesting because like when you're, when you have 96 pounds of terrain, you're staring at it. It's like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. And here's, I guess here's the process. If you're doing like this, which I don't know how many people are doing this type of stuff um, as often, but if you ever get there, this is what you do. Take all the terrain you have. And thankfully, the Azerite Ruins is very simple. There's two different sprues. So that's all I had to work with. So I put them in two separate piles. And I started, first I started clipping them out. After about two hours of that, I realized where I could, where I needed to clip. So I could then, could then just rip the piece out without any, and then occasionally there'd be like a little sprue bait you, you clip from there. But you want, you want speed, you want efficiency. Like the, for massive terrain builds, you want efficiency above all else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd clip three or four things, rip. Three or four things, rip. And I was able to, in maybe like three days, cut it all out. Mm -hmm. uh, and then came, you know, the assembly. Now, those were very easy. It's two pieces, corners. You put a little glue in the things, and you... Honestly, my fingers hurt more from squeezing the glue bottle from putting than it was from clipping it out. You know, you glue it up. <laughs> Seriously, it was. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. mine, mine were when I when I did my uh, the latest bars which I was also doing as right ruins and not nearly that much um, it was um, I had to kind of start taping my fingers was what I had to do oh actually, I was just clipping so much actually so. interestingly enough um, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I completely forgot I still have the that pair of clippers I, I used I wrapped mm -hmm. it in athletic I wrapped the clippers in athletic tape instead of my hands because everyone's saying I have people who who done builds say, you know, put tape on your hands, and it did that for like a day, and it was like, okay, well the tape's wearing off. It's like, what if I just wrap the tape around the grips, and that's that solved it. So if you're having to clip a lot of stuff, take athletic tape and wrap the grips of your clippers. Saves your right. hands every nice. time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so then you know you glue it, you assemble it, uh, and thankfully it was it was an easy process. It was just corner to corner, just over and over and over again until it was done. And then came the painting. Now, here's where I, I first had experience that you can tell who's experienced with a lot of terrain building on a very short timeline and who's not by how they decide to paint the terrain. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, if you're painting terrain, there's two things that are your enemy. Uh, one more so than anything else. One is contrast or speed pace, mm -hmm. whatever you have. To me, if you're trying to do a lot of terrain, that is the worst. Um, it is a nightmare to paint mm -hmm. a ton of terrain because contrast doesn't want to just sit in place. It's not just easy. Um, it's it's just it's don't skip yeah. contrast if you're doing a ton of terrain. Mm -hmm. Plus, with the cost of it. To I mean, I said, I, thankfully, like at GW, setting the contrast, but like just in general, like even if you yeah. even if you get the contrast for free, don't put contrast on it. Now, the second 
which this the second one's a little more love love and hate it's it's washes now why is it good because it can immediately add depth to to a model and so, it's terrain pieces and some need it so don't be afraid to wash but understand that you want to wash with purpose and intent mm -hmm. some things like a wall you might want to just wash everything which at that point you know you you buy some cheap pigment wash and you mix it with some water in a bucket and you start dipping that's that's what you want to do you don't want to be brushing on washes um you can airbrush washes uh if you have a nice airbrush but you don't want to be hand painting washes if you can help it sometimes you have to based upon the nature of it but you're also gonna have to wait for that to dry yes. as well which yes. is and that that could be day or two depending on your climate uh, like I, said, I, I think washes can be good, but I think it, if you don't have the right intent going into it, they can be a nightmare. And if you're applying that with a brush and you're trying to just bang out terrain and that stuff starts to pool, the next day you come down to it and look at it, and if it's in the wrong spots and it's all pulled up and nasty, that's uh, that's there for life. Yeah, unless you want to repaint that whole thing. Which Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah and, and I said, maybe that's okay. Maybe you're okay with being that way. and. And maybe you're not. It, it depends. Um, and if you're going to be washing with the brush, you better have a big brush and you better just be washing like an entire piece the same. Yeah. Otherwise, I was going to ask you that too. So if you're going in and you're doing your terrain painting, the right tool for the right job makes makes a huge difference in how fast you can go. Right. Um, so what are you using? What's that? What are you using in, in, as, as far as the size and the style of your brushes? Well, for, honestly, for me, so I have fresh terrain, and this is what I've done for last year's trees. Now, with the trees, I did do a wash on the base, but I'm going to explain why I did it, because it's with intent. So this is for everything, last year and this year. You get the terrain, you clip it out, you build the terrain. You prime it. You prime, you, the, the base color of whatever you prime it needs to be the color that you want that to be. Like, that's, like, if it's a gold statue, prime it retributor. If it's a gray wall whatever gray you have. Uh, or if you want it to be something dark, like uh, like the, the, the Kill Team stuff I just did recently, black is fine because you're going to do some different levels of dry brushing on it. To me, if you're doing terrain, a ton of terrain, you need to prime it and you need to dry brush it and maybe a little bit of detail if you got the time. But priming and dry brushing should be your main focus. Um, and then maybe if you, after you dry brush it, you wash, depending depending on, on what it is and, and how much it is. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and like I said, and prime with intent. Prime the color you want it to be. So right. with the uh, 86 boxes of Sylvanoth trees I did last year, I primed them all brown. I forget, I forget what brown it was. And then I dry brushed the trees specifically. And then I also dry brushed the rocks. So the trees had like a sylvaneth bark on top of it, and then the um, uh, rocks were like gray. But the base brown on the trees and the bases, the dirt, were technically the same. Now I differentiate, dif differentiated them. Blah. I made them. I made them look unique <laughs> uh, because I dry brushed the trees up, and then I put a bunch of wash into like a Tupperware, and I just dipped the base into the to the wash. So the dirt got darker and the tree got lighter. But to me, that's doing it with intent. Mm -hmm. But primarily, dry, you want to dry brush almost all the terrain you do if you're doing a bulk set of terrain. 
it's it's it, it looks good it's terrain it's gonna get beat up um it, it, and it looks it's gonna look great if you dry brush the right way um yeah, if you get the bigger the the dry brush the faster you can do it but you also have to be careful the bigger the brush that you don't load the brush too much and now you're getting wet paint right <laughs> through the model right that will ruin it real quick and there's there's different levels like how heavy do you go with that dry brush so with this kill team terrain that we just uh did so prime black a really heavy dry brush of gray because it looks gray then it doesn't look black there's still a lot of black on it if you actually break it apart but it looks gray and then on top of that we take smaller brushes or the same brush but with a lighter touch and we do metal pieces so it looks like metallic metallic gray and then like i said from there we did a little detail in some screens which was you know like when you're detailing you're going to use maybe contrast or something like that that's fine but like i said that's a detail or maybe use a gold or something different that stands out right. but 95 percent of that was dry brushing and it looks great yeah uh like i said I, 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 it's weird to say like i mean there's some great painting te techniques out there for like models like if you want to get models done quick the slap chop sure that works it's easy you know you know what to do like look at the video it's it's fine models look good but if you're doing if you're doing that on terrain you're wasting your time and you're slow <laughs> Yeah. Now, yeah. if you have five pieces and you want to make it look a certain way, take your time. Mm -hmm. Do what you want. It's yours. But, sure. but if you have if you have two months and you have 400 pieces of terrain, you need to make sacrifices. And the sacrifice is going to be on the detail. You can give the illusion of details kind of what you want. Mm -hmm. I, I, I cannot emphasize enough. Contrast just isn't your friend for for most things on it. Now, occasionally, like, there's a small glowy ball, but that's almost like detail work at that level. Yeah. Like uh, uh, the Nexus Siphon. Uh, the contrast in the center of that looks really good, but that's a small little ball that you glued in very quickly afterwards. So the contrast in that was more detail work in my mind. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, if you're doing... If you're doing, like you said, just a table of terrain, you want to spend more time. We've got a, a, a guy who who painted an entire, like, uh, he called it New Azerheim. And the painting on that terrain, if you have a really nice set of terrain painted up on a table, wow. I mean, oh. just... Yeah. yeah, but it is a but that was a painstaking process yeah. for that gentleman <laughs> to put that out and to put that out on uh, 100 tables. Uh, is not realistic, or I would even say possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it, it, it's not. Don't kill yourself. Yeah, like if, if it doesn't you, look like something like that. And if you're doing a huge event that's growing very quick now, if you, like Nashcon's a weird exception because um, I don't know how fast they grew, but they grew at a pace that they were able to do very thematic tables each time. There's also a wonderful gentleman named Anthony Polcastro. Um, he did all the 3d printed terrain from there and actually he gave a, he did a lot for free for nova too so i i got it all i built it um nova's now been taken over by uh, or not taken over but james o'brien leads it now so i sent all the terrain to him to paint up for the event because it belongs with the to to get it done to then be stored with nova so you know thank you anthony for that long ago for doing that if you ever listen to this podcast but yeah. most people most events like the u.s open events hey we're gonna start running uh, H6 more GTs. Okay, well, we need 100 tables. Okay, mm -hmm. well, we don't... It, I, I know it's GW, but they don't just have 100 tables of anything sitting around. Like, we had to do it. So, 
you know, you you had some there's some stuff you had like pre-painted up, maybe some old terrain from a prior event staff that's like, okay, you can touch that up or it looks good and that's fine, but you have to add to it. You have to make it modern, you have to update it. So, you know, when you're doing a lot of tables for an event that's growing very rapidly in its competitive event, you want those tables pretty much to be mostly the same as far as footprints go. Mm -hmm. So you're going to, you might be getting 80 realm gates. You might be getting 96 pounds of Azerite ruins or um, Nexus siphons or whatever the statue's called from the, uh, I forget, whatever, one of the new Sigmar. Or, the Dominion box or whatever the uh, yeah yeah I think the extremist Dominion whatever stuff yeah, yeah. so you're you're probably you know you're probably gonna be dealing with a bunch of those so look to not be intimidated by them because I, I mean people get intimidated by a two thousand point army sitting on their desk mm-hmm. you know and if that intimidates you that's fine I'm not saying that's a bad thing like everyone has a different philosophy on this but like if that intimidates you you know having 39 to 40 boxes of something in your basement to do i mean you can't hide that <laughs> it's yeah. it's just going to stare at you so you have to you have to set the plan you know know how you're going to paint it have it all ready and just work through it and, and my my biggest suggestion is to just do the same thing over and over and over again and distract yourself with media podcast music movies whatever you whatever you can do like, ask for help I, well we're getting to that that's the last bit <laughs> <laughs> uh because that's that's a, that's the biggest lesson learned i have um yeah like but if you if you have 80 of one piece of train to do don't just do a table like me, maybe do one table to know how you're going to paint everything that's fine so that's a test table but do all the same one till it's done then do the next piece of train then the next piece of train like that that's that is the best way to do it it's the most boring but it's the most efficient mm-hmm. but to the point you just made something that i didn't learn for a long time uh, because uh, I don't, because uh, uh, I'm a stupid man. I don't, <laughs> I didn't, I, I don't know. Like or like, like, it wasn't like an ego thing. I just thought like, oh, I have to do this. So I was doing all this work alone. And in some ways, where the ego does pop up on occasion is, and th- this is more of my my own personal nature with a lot of things, that you know, if you want to go far, go with friends. If you want to go fast, go alone. And I really hold that to heart in a lot of ways. And sometimes I'm like, I can get this done faster with no one in my way. Mm. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a limit, no matter And I didn't think I had a limit. Um, but this year I reached a limit. And, you know, I had people telling me over and over again, they would help me. And I'll be honest, I would rather take twice as long to, like now, having asked for help and got help and had great times doing this, I would rather take twice as long with people helping me tend to just get it done super quick and be alone just because i mean it's just like that's the war gaming thing we're here for right. friends the war game is just secondary right and the thing about it too is in this hobby anybody who's in this hobby who offers to help you like you're, you're dealing with some of the most creative uh sometimes the most artistic uh, people who who love this stuff as much as you do, yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm even speaking from like an event prep uh, standpoint or putting together an event or whatever. I it took me a long time. Um, you know, bars is my baby, yeah. and uh, I didn't want to allow any of that extra creative energy sometimes to go anywhere else than outside of my head because then it wouldn't have been mine. But 
of what I've I've learned as well is like you have to let some of that go and you have to let some of these other people use their creative juices, get those things flowing. Um, they're good at what they like. We're all kind of we got something that we can add. And so if you actually go mm -hmm. out there and you get the help, whether it's painting terrain, whether it's running an event, you know, they're the leveraging the community is always going to be the right move. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to, to the point, too, with. Um... You know, because I, I, I kept thinking for a long time, like, I could if I just do this myself, I can go faster than if I had people help me. Mm -hmm. But what I learned, actually, during the first major paint day I just had with the Barn Owls is I was just, I was cranking through. I was like, boom, 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 like, just knocking out pieces left and right with, like, the steps I was on. I look over and I'd see my piles growing rapidly and everyone else isn't. So, okay, well, let me just stop doing what I'm doing. And I go over and say, hey, how are you guys doing? And, you know, I look and like they have a tiny brush and they're doing almost detail work. I'm like, no, 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 hold on. You know, like, let me teach you how to paint terrain quickly because that's a skill I have. Mm. You know, it, it, it's not because anything other than they just never done it. So as soon as I showed like, oh, just do this. Like, and it's like, oh, we don't care if like some of the silver gets on this. I'm like, no, that doesn't matter. It's it's the illusion. And, and, and as soon as I showed that. Uh, you know, to to a few of the guys who were going a little slower because they didn't they didn't understand. It's like they're just as fast as me, mm -hmm. and it, it's the same thing. Like just you know, go there. You know, and if if you're if you're the one that has to pay all this and people are helping you, you know, have a plan when you go in. Like you know, you have to kind of be the one to lead it because it is technically your project. People are just very gracious and willing to help you with it, and they're willing to do whatever you need more or less so if you say like hey okay set this all out boom 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 like you know here's this piece of terrain here's this piece of terrain here's this piece of terrain okay we're gonna start with this piece of terrain you guys do this this piece of terrain me and someone else will do this you can you start doing this and it's great mm -hmm. and you just have and, you know and you kind of have to manage so it's a little bit of a managing skill and you just keep an eye on on where everyone's at with progress and when they're about to finish this step that they're on say okay next step will be to do this and then they'll do it. Like, you don't have to babysit. Like, you don't have to micromanage it. But, you know, like, that is, if you're doing a major project like that, someone has to be there to lead it. So make sure you have a plan going in of what you want. Like, think it through before you go. Don't just show up with the paint and brushes and just be like, we let's paint stuff. It's like, what are we painting? Because no one wants to be doing terrain for 13 hours a day. People will because they're your friends and they love you, but they don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you can do to make it quicker and seamless and, like I said, have good time and by lunch mm -hmm. and you know as as we've been doing through these trains is we we started watching uh, marathons of always sunny in philadelphia and we're up to season six so <laughs> i like i actually I, but the interesting thing is we want to finish watching the show but we're almost out of terrain to do so what do we do <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll figure something else as a group project to do to to, to work through that that show but yeah. yeah ask for help that's that's just the biggest and uh, just one more thing to kind of, I don't know if we're ready to wrap it up or not, but um, I would say this, uh, even if you have no plans to ever paint that amount of terrain or, or any terrain, uh, if you go to an event, thank your TO, just say thanks. So if you're listening <laughs> to this, this is a, a small glimpse into the the work in the background that goes into all of these events and it's a labor of love for sure yeah. um even if you are getting paid for it you can't do this kind of stuff if you don't love it um so but just you know drop drop a thanks you know if you think the tables look good say that 
you know, tell somebody, you know, I mean, because, you know, a lot of work goes into it. And sometimes it's all I want to hear, you know, is that uh, you're enjoying playing on it. So, yeah, that, no, you're absolutely right. That's that's such a huge thing. And, and yeah, I've been thankful that I've always had people thank me for the work I put in, even with the Jeep Games Workshop, like, hey, thanks for the event. Like, it doesn't have to be thanks for painting the terrain, because, like, that's a group effort amongst a, a series of people, but mm-hmm. um, you yeah, always thank your TOs. It's, uh, let them know that you enjoyed it. Uh, and if you didn't enjoy it, don't don't be like, hey, this sucks. <laughs> like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you, you can always send send it, send, a, send it a feedback email later, be like, hey, here's some things that, you know, weren't mm-hmm. to my taste, but you can do it tactfully, but. Yeah. Um, if you Wait were, on those. Wait till the event's over. Yes. <laughs> Yes. So, well over for like a week or so. Yeah. Because I, prom- I promise you, and we'll, we'll, we'll have more shows on like, uh, we're, we're going to, I'm going to coin it here. We're going to, we're going to do a TO masterclass, Neil. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I promise you during the event wrap up and for a week after the event, the last thing that TO cares about is anything to do with that event. <laughs> <laughs> they need a small break. And uh-huh. then they get back after it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like if you notice, like uh, all the tax offices uh, after tax season is done for like a week, they're just all closed for a week because they're like, no, we're done. Uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you missed the boat. Yep. <laughs> no, I said this. This was never going to be a long show. Like just, just, just write brush your stuff and ask for help, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, any uh, any uh, closing thoughts on uh, terrain painting, building prep? Big or small? This is to make sure that you have the right tools and and seek out, if you haven't done it before, seek out some advice on on what to get to paint terrain because, yeah, you don't want to do it with a tiny little brush. That's not... uh... It's not going to be a great experience for you. Yeah, buy a so, cheap one. Oh, uh, right tool for the right job. And actually, two two other quick things. Sorry, as we wrap up here, don't be afraid to paint things on sprue for terrain. I don't like doing it for models, but on terrain, it's not that it's not as bad. Mm-hmm. And two, if you have to dry brush giant pieces, don't be afraid to get a house paint brush. I've done it, and it works just the same. You just have to be a little bit more careful on getting the paint off before you dry brush. Otherwise, it goes on too thick. Yeah. Sorry, last two pieces, but yeah, no. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, if you know somebody who's a TL, feel free to send this over to them. Have them like and subscribe and comment below. Ring the little bell. Uh, or share the podcast feed if you're listening to this on the, on the non-YouTube version. But uh, yeah, uh, that's that's all I got. Now. I, think that, I think that's a good little walkthrough of painting terrain. So any, anything else you want to say before we head out? No, that's it. I think we're good. All right, everybody. Uh, stay Stormcast strong and happy hobbying. Mm-hmm.